0: The show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end, we put it all together to chat some sports entertainment, better known as wrestling. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour.
1: How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, lots to talk about today, buddy. Lots in sports, lots in wrestling to cover. We can't
0: nilly-dally too, too much, my friend, but I'm on vacation.
1: We, we, will will dilling, we will be doing some billing
0: and we 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 will be doing some dallying. That's for damn Perhaps
1: sure. Just a little bit. I'm on vacation, homie. Life is good. I got a nice cool uh water here. <laughs> Not uh, going too hard yet. You know it is a uh, Monday afternoon.
0: But uh life is good, man. It's time to uh celebrate the summer. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Happy July 4th to all of our American listeners and a happy belated Canada Day to all of our Canadian listeners. And just have a happy summer to everyone listening, wherever in the world you are. I was looking at our stats, Matt, and we have some some interesting countries where people listen to us. You know that we have some Aussie listeners? Yeah, I know we do have a good bit of Aussie listeners. We get a bit of Aussie
1: uh, love on the TikTok. As well, the TikTok tends to blow up when I'm asleep. People down under are watching them videos, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, shout out to our
0: Australian listeners uh, down under. Love it. Yep, I say exactly. One day I'm gonna have a list, and I'm just gonna like look at some of the, like the rare countries. And yeah, they could be like fake and spoofs and stuff, but oftentimes you know Google Analytics does a really good job. And I have a uh, uh, another thing that I connect to our um, to our site. That allows us to really take a good look at where people are listening to but yeah man it is summertime and it is warm it is you know it's kind of dreary out today right now
1: yeah it feels like it's gonna rain here in toronto it's a little bit of a dark day but there's a nice breeze i got every window in my house open getting some airflow in here it's very very good um it could be worse man it was hot and humid and sticky recently
0: so it's nice to get some airflow in the city of toronto yeah, exactly. All right, like you did mention we have a ton together today. And so we're going to get started with some sports chat. And I think one of the topics that was kind of suggested for us to chat about was what in the hell is going on in college sports. Particularly USC, UCLA, Big 10, Pac-12. What does this even mean? So let's start at the most basic, Matt. Uh, the most basic is that NCAA is a very screwed up system.
1: Yes, so there's like basically 200 to 250 uh, Division One teams separated into various leagues, if you will, various uh, conferences, groups, and uh, a couple, two or three, five ish uh, independents. Right. So the Pac-12, the Pacific Twelve, lost their two big heavy hitters in one fell
0: swoop here. Yep. All right, so here's here's kind of how let's like break it down. All right, so there's 120 schools. There are 10 major uh divisions. Out of those 10, you have a uh, five big ones and five kind of smaller ones. Each of the 10 leagues has 12 members at least they did. And this is ex- essentially created to way to maximize uh, proximity right you reduce the travel demands you reduce costs and this was really huge especially when TV wasn't a thing so you were kind of facing schools near you um, and this is also builds intrigue for games that are interdivision and that's where the bowl system really comes into play right uh, one day we'll explain the entire bowl system but right now I just really want to get into the meat potatoes of you know you have Ten leagues, ten conferences, twelve teams each conference. The basic, at its most basic level, it's to reduce uh, costs and travel demands for travel demands for each school. Now we are in a day where TV and content rules all. So we've seen in wrestling, Matt. We've seen in wrestling how big these sports contracts can be. We're right now seeing in the NFL you know the race for these contracts and now with streaming services throwing their hat in the in in the race man it is insane look at what amazon is doing with the nfl right right now the uh, the nfl game day ticket uh which is essentially like you know every nfl game anytime unless it's exclusive to amazon uh is in this package and that's actually leaving direct tv and looks like it's going to be up for grabs for any bidder so right now you know, there's so much money being thrown at TV providers. We saw this past year, the NHL signing very lucrative deals with Warner Media and ESPN, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. And The NHL, the, the ratings were going up, and seemingly everybody is satisfied with the NHL. So, yeah, like you said, and this is why certain conferences are getting like these huge deals now. Like the Big Ten is looking to be its own huge money-making entity.
0: That's exactly it. I'm so glad that you said that. The Big Ten is essentially the biggest league right now in the USA. Uh, they, have, they have just finished, um, and they're, or sorry, they're going to start negotiating a new TV deal that's looking to be absolutely enormous. Now, part of the Big Ten, or not part of the Big Ten, I should say, at the time were two very popular schools in USC and UCLA both located in Southern California and previously part of the Pac 12. So essentially the Pac 12 is any schools located on the Pacific uh the Pacific coast of the USA.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's like a humongous blow. Those are the two biggest most important, probably, schools in the Pac-12, right? And if you look at the list of schools currently in the Big Ten, so they have Michigan, they have Michigan State, they have Ohio State, and they have Penn State. But other than that, yeah, Rutgers. I'm from New Jersey, love some Rutgers, but, you know, there's not so many huge schools there. So it's kind of like a a big get.
0: Those are two big-name schools, for lack of a better term. Yep, exactly exactly that's that's exactly what's going on so last week on thursday the big 10 unanimously obviously uh, voted to allow both usc and ucla into the big 10 making this by far the most lucrative uh, division in all of college sports uh so The addition of them is going to give you huge matchups. We are going to see USC versus University of Michigan. We're going to see USC, UCLA versus Michigan State versus Ohio State. These are huge games that were only reserved for maybe once a year, maybe once a year maximum at bowl season. But now this is just going to be, you know, just just another week here. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. And now the Pac-12 is sweating. What are they gonna do when USC and um UCLA leave? So this isn't gonna happen until 2024, but you know the the, the plans have to start going. So this is giving the Big Ten a huge boost to their contract negotiations for a new TV deal, good luck Fox on retaining that one, um, and you know we're gonna see what ends up happening. But this is this has huge implications because one of the main components that I said earlier was the fact that this was supposed to reduce costs and reduce uh, travel. But you know we live in a an day and age now; it's not the 1920s, right? This isn't the 1950s. Uh, it's easy, so much easier to travel. There seems to be a lot more demand on college players nowadays and with you know and something that i was thinking of matt now that you know college players are going to be getting a little bit of the pie i think that this is putting a lot more pressure on the schools to make that much more money so you know how can we Capitalize. How can we make the most money humanly possible? And for USC, UCLA, this is by far a, this is a no-brainer for them. It's a no-brainer for the Big Ten. And really, this leaves Pac-12 scrambling.
1: Yeah, it's going to keep happening, too. This is what it's going to be. We're going to end up consolidating. And the smaller guys to make money are going to try to get some of that TV pie and join up with each other. And we're going to end up with like two or three power conferences, the way we have massive corporations you know what i mean it's kind of somewhat the same
0: thing yep exactly and that's the thing like i think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that we're going to be seeing a lot more of this realignment uh where honestly i can see some of these divisions really losing out man and i don't know i'm kind of scared to see what the future of some of these programs are going to be i wonder what the ncaa has in store to give them money to do some you know some 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 profit sharing possibly but you know with with certain with the big 10 just aligning itself and making itself like the super division at this point man it'll be interesting to see what happens with the pac 12 moving forward
1: yeah yeah like you said kind of worried like i could definitely see it folding in my lifetime in the next 10 years five years right or at least changing to some wild degree college basketball, crazy and flex college sports. I mean, college football, college basketball, the NCAA.
0: Yeah, it, it is absolutely crazy. And one day, one day, maybe when, when the, when the new season starts, we'll do a preview and I'll kind of talk about how they rank them, how they're ranked before, how they, get the bowl games sorted, and all the, all the such. Because the NCAA system, honestly, barely anyone understands. I've done so much reading into it in the past that I kind of know-ish, but the rules keep on changing and all that fun stuff. But this is essentially where we're at right now, man. Uh, big changes here in the NCAA. You know, me being a USC guy, loving the USC, loving the Trojans. Uh, this is cool, in a sense. What's cool about this is that you still get the USC UCLA rivalry. I think that was a part of this big move, right? Is that USC wanted to make sure that wherever they went, UCLA would go with them so that they can, you know, continue the the that, that, that winning winners bell tradition of Southern California. They typically play each other uh, for Thanksgiving weekend at some point. Uh and yeah, man, it's just crazy uh to to think that a game like Ohio State versus USC is just going to be another game on the schedule moving forward.
1: Yeah, as of two thousand twenty-four,
0: you're going to see it every single year, so that's pretty dope. Yep, exactly. So, so I hope I was able to kind of like uh, explain things a little, a little make things a little easier. The repercussions, really, it comes down to we're going to be seeing the big fish get bigger, the smaller fish get smaller, and in a few years, I can honestly see some of these smaller divisions. You know dare I say close up shop
1: Yeah getting swallowed Up big time it's like the mom And pop shops getting swallowed up by a Walmart
0: yeah that's exactly What it's like all right so shall we move On to some F1 Yeah, man. Again, this is more, again, your jurisdiction. As
1: much as uh, college football is a blind spot, any auto racing is the blindest spot I have in sports. But the Canadian Grand Prix did happen quite recently, right?
0: Yep. The British Grand Prix happened just yesterday on Sunday. Ah, (laughs) There you go. Yeah, one it mind. was, you know, the biggest story wasn't even the fact that Carlos Sainz won his first F1 race. It was the big crash involving uh, Chinese driver Zhao Guan Yu. Uh, it was scary, dude. This was a very, very scary looking uh, crash. Um, I think one of our listeners put it up on the BAM board. Uh, oh, and, and I you haven't can seen actually it, see it, it It's crazy. So essentially, the car... Is he Okay. Yes, the car flips over, completely flips over. It's on its it's on its back at this point, right? Or on its front, on its head, and it's dragging through the through the track, through the safety, hits the barrier and ends up in like the weirdest position. And the only Jeez. reason that Guan Yu is alive is because of the halo safety uh uh system. It is Crazy to think that this was something so opposed by so many drivers, so and so many teams back in 2017 when it became mandatory. You know who one driver who opposed this was? Who's that? Lewis Hamilton, the same person who wants to keep wearing his bling. Ah, true, true, true. Well, yeah, like that though. We briefly
1: talked about the Lewis Hamilton uh jewelry thing, I don't really want to get too deep into that, but. Good thing that, that they did institute it, and I'm glad that this guy is okay, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just looking at some pictures of it right yep. now, and that's, that seems absolutely insane. Yep. F1 is crazy. I Definitely uh, not taking away anything from the athletes who uh, are uh, liking, uh, in an auto racing because it's an incredibly
0: dangerous, crazy, crazy sport. Oh, it, it absolutely is. You know, I, I was doing some quick reading before we started recording, and essentially, uh, the Halos, it, it absorbs huge impacts, you know, when, when the car is upside down. It can take the weight of a London double-decker bus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this was essentially accelerated um, after a couple drivers unfortunately lost their lives. One in F2 race in in 2009, and then one in an IndyCar event in 2015. Both of them uh, were killed after being struck in the head by debris from other cars. So the halo was actually trialed in F1 in 2016, and then in 2017, um, sorry 18, it became. Uh, mandatory for all cars to have this halo system and right there it has at least saved one life so that was the big story coming out of the british grand prix glad that it's a happy story at the end of the day but watching this live dude it was scary as all hell man i couldn't imagine yeah dude that's that's wild but yeah thank god he's okay
1: Yep. all right what else do we got on the docket matt I definitely got to talk some NBA. So if I want to throw a couple hypotheticals at you. But first, let's talk about what has happened. So it's not quite official yet, but it seems by all accounts Rudy Gobert heading to the Minnesota Timberwolves, buddy, for a King's ransom. Four first round picks, couple pick swaps, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, who. Uh, They just picked, so that's another first-round pick, theoretically. Jared Vanderbilt, who's good, just lots of pieces for Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota. So what Minnesota is hoping to achieve is kind of what, uh, I guess you could say, Memphis sort of achieved, the Twin Towers. Like, a couple teams are doing this now. Memphis paired Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr., along with Ja Morant, right? So the Timberwolves are hoping to kind of do the same thing with... Uh, Carl Anthony towns now at power forward, kind of the lightning to Rudy Gobert's thunder multiple time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. So Yeah, it's an interesting trade. The knock on on Carl Anthony Towns has always been, and the Timberwolves, have always been that they can't play defense. Carl Anthony Towns, gifted offensive player, can't play defense. They got an incredible defender on their team. And Anthony Edwards, 21 years old, he's a potential future multi-time all-star. So I definitely like what Minnesota has done here. But, boy, they paid a lot a lot. They paid too much. Obviously, their yeah. team will improve, though. This this team is going to be top four, what top cost? five in the West. At what cost? The West.
0: Uh, here's the thing. Sorry, sorry for cutting you off, Matt. But at no, what cost? Um, oh, you at know, a, at a, it's insane. It's cost like okay, you're going to be good for what three, four years max. How, how 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 much how much longer do they have control of him for? Gobert, I'd have to look it up. But they had three, four years about. You know, and then what? Then what are you going to do? Then 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 what's the plan like the NBA right now in my opinion this is like strictly 100% my opinion and you know the amount of picks that teams are giving up just to get that initial like that 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 make that impact right away get that coin right away it's absolutely insane you know we're going to be seeing in my opinion some teams start struggling like the Clippers you know like and, and what have they done since they got like the Kawhi and everyone else coming on board right. Not a whole lot of anything, man. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the thought is that we'll just trade whatever star we have, or we'll just keep like looking for the next desperate team who's going to throw their future around. Yeah. And the market is, the market is so fucked. The market is so completely screwed. Like you said,
0: that seven ish, six, seven first round picks for go And that, that, that's, you know, that's for go bear, right? Like, there's another exactly. big-ass free agent coming and, and rumors swirling all around, and that's Kevin and Durant. Yeah, man. Kevin Durant
1: looking like he's going to be traded. The Raptors now, if you look on like Vegas, you can bet on where Kevin Durant's going to go, and the Raptors have the second-best odds I of know. landing Kevin
0: Durant so, in a trade. Here's the thing. God bless canadian media so i was talking with a listener just last week and they were asking like random questions because they they asked me to talk about this kevin durant stuff um because they brought up hey the raptors are 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 getting noticed and and they're talking about it yes and here's the thing you start looking around the web and every you know possible kevin durant to the raptor scenario was from tsn or rogers Sportsnet. So okay, power, power to them for 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 talking about this and making this, you know, putting this all all on our wish list. But you know, and, and the power to them. Uh, and I'm sure that like you know, Masai has done wonders before. And I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm just saying that you know we have to take take a step back and take a look at the all of the NBA. We're in such a Raptors bubble sometimes here in Toronto, um, and it happens with the Jays every off season, Every free agent is is being you know positioned to the Jays, right? So sometimes we just have to take a step back. But with this one, it's interesting because if you take a look at what the Raptors' needs are, what we have to give, it kind of sort of makes sense, right? However, are you going to give up a Barnes for this? Are you going to give up draft picks for this? What would you give up for a Kevin Durant? They kind of, they
1: have a good enough young core that theoretically they wouldn't, sorry about that, they have a good enough young core that theoretically they would not need to give up or not need to use all these draft picks. Like They can give up some draft picks, yep. three or four or five even. The uh, the thing you don't want to lose is Scotty Barnes, man. And I just heard, okay, so on the on the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe, Tim Bontemps made an excellent point. I was just listening to it before uh, I got on the air, and I want to ruthlessly steal it. Shout out Tim Bontemps. This is his point, not mine. So when the Shaquille O'Neal trade happened from the Lakers to Miami, right? So the Lakers called up Miami and said, we will trade you Shaquille O'Neal. We want a player on your roster named Dwayne Wade. And Miami hung up the phone. Yep. And eventually they got the trade done without Dwayne Wade. So and that's just one example in the history of time, right? But I think the Raptors, they, they could hold on to Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes could be an uh, eight-time, ten-time 12 time all-star 12 times aggressive, but like he could be something that, you know what I mean? Like very, very unique in the NBA and he's got a skill set. That's really, really just crazy, unique and undeveloped. So I think you need to keep Scotty Barnes, Kevin Mm -hmm. Durant as, as excellent as Kevin Durant is. I think he's the most God gifted player ever. He's older. He's been injured a lot. The last few teams he has been on, you you know what I mean? Like it, it hasn't, ended very well i think we could say so who's to say it's going to end very well in toronto right like it's a big risk for kevin durant yep agreed. i would trade i would trade pascal and og for him though i actually would would you yeah not scotty but pascal og and a bunch of picks for kevin durant i think pascal, maybe you do have to roll, roll that pascal, dice
0: Pascal, 100 i would And I would see this as the DeMar DeRozan situation, right? Is As good as Pascal is, what we're getting back is just that much better and can add to the bottom line.
1: Absolutely. But we already did our DeMar DeRozan trade, and we won our title with a mercenary. So you know what? If we keep our team, man, I'm very, very excited. If we do not sell the farm for Kevin Durant, I will not be heartbroken. I like this Raptors team, and I think it's a very nice, intriguing young core, but because it's so nice and so intriguing we do have the pieces to make a kevin durant trade i just hope if and when that happens we keep scotty kevin durant and scotty that's our Shaq and uh Dwayne wade right there
0: yeah pretty much pretty much and uh, that's what i'm thinking all right w- let's 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 stick to raptors talk what did you think how would you grade the raptors a draft
1: I really liked the kid they picked the the, uh, Coloco, right? Is his name. The, uh, the only thing about him was he, his offense wasn't really there at all, but he's got a good basketball IQ works really hard and is excellent defensively. And he's, he's our center now. He's basically, He's he's a big ass center, big ass center. Uh, to compare him to somebody, he's kind of like a bigger Bismack Biombo. That's kind of what we're hoping for. So I think he was the exact player we needed in the draft. And I'm glad we got him. We also signed Otto Porter jr, which he's, he didn't quite pan out to his level of potential, but you know, the Raptors have gotten these guys before and really made something out of them. It's like Rondé Hollis Jefferson and these guys who were supposed to be better than they actually turned out to be. So
0: I am excited for Otto Porter on the team. Yep. Gary Trent Jr. wants to stay in Toronto. Love hearing I moves so. like that. Um, but we recently signed Boucher to an extension. Loving that move. Man, you know, the Raptors have a really good young core. And, you know, like, like you just said. I am happy with the team that we have right now. Picking up a uh, good young people here and there would be fantastic. And I think what we really, 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 really need is that bench. We need that secondary line to be what that secondary line did in 2017 to 19.
1: Now that would be ideal. Another big-time scorer is what they're after. They just need another star. Uh, something I was thinking, because the Utah Jazz have just traded Gobert. Looks like they're done. They're throwing in the chips, so it kind of seems like Donovan Mitchell might get traded. What if, Boris, the Raptors don't trade for Durant? What if they trade for Donovan Mitchell, OG and a bunch of picks, get Donovan Mitchell in here playing next to Fred Van Vliet, playing next to Scottie? I'd, 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 I'd prefer that trade 100%. That could be something. That could be tasty. Just says Donovan Mitchell hasn't won like Kevin Durant. He's not going to the Hall of Fame right away like Kevin Durant is, but he's also probably ten years younger, uh, way less miles on the body. So,
0: yeah. And what I'm really liking about the Raptors draft pick is that it's like you mentioned. It's a center. It's a position that traditionally speaking, the Raptors have sucked in. We've never had you know a center center, a All Star center, right? Like we've had good centers. We've had you know, like actually, like literally literal all star possible centers, but we've never had that center to me be, be that game changer to be that defensive wall that we absolutely need to contend against uh that some of the teams in the east, yeah,
1: that our best like bosch power forward, right, Anthony Davis or uh, uh Antonio Davis, sorry. Uh, back in the day, power forward. Uh, our best pure center, probably, that we've ever had might have been Valanchunas. And like you said,
0: that, he's really no defense. <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking of when I said, like, as I'm going, as I'm saying it, Valanchunas has probably been our best center that we've ever had. And, you know, that, 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 yeah, we all know how that went down. All right. There's one last thing about uh, the NBA that I want to talk about. And I'm not sure how much I want to talk about this. And that is current conversations between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets involving a trade with Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irvin.
1: Oh, man. So that's just funny for so many reasons. First, let's talk about how hilarious it is for the Lakers to reunite Kyrie and LeBron. But... Kyrie LeBron and Anthony Davis is an incredible amount of talent. Now, I don't know if you can trust any one of them for any reason ever. Like LeBron, you can obviously trust, but he's getting older Not at this
0: point in their careers. I think at this point in their careers, they're looking after themselves more. And this is the issue that I have with the Lakers. It's why I said the Lakers would not be a good team, and I was pretty right about that. I thought we would at least squeak into the playoffs, and the Lakers are built as a playoff team. But I'm not shocked about how things went down for the Lakers. The point I'm trying to make is that the Lakers are full of superstars who are at the point of their career where they are looking out for themselves, dare I say, a little more selfish.
1: Yeah, I think that's that that's kind of fair. Well, LeBron has already said he's going wherever Bronny, his son, goes if his son makes the NBA. So he's already got a clock on his Lakers tenure anyway.
0: All right, Ray Mysterio, calm down. <laughs>
1: it's true he is Manick mysterio i love it oh man but uh yeah no the far funnier than the lakers thing as funny as it would be for Kyrie and lebron to reunite one more time could you imagine russell westbrook and ben simmons on the same team just
0: yeah. throwing up bricks oh that'd be the oh it's just a sight to like the the the, the you know the the sports shows and the Clips, and the worst ofs, oh, they would be full of gold I'm sure.
1: <laughs> the Shackton of a fool, yeah, it would be hilarious. So I really hope that trade happens, especially for your sake as a Lakers fan.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I, I think the Lakers honestly need to just completely blow it up. Forget about LeBron, forget about Antonio Davis, you know, let's look three years down the line, see well, what we can build. Uh, this team is not Gonna win a championship.
1: Well, you you said it, man. You said it, Lakers fan. We'll see. Maybe Kyrie'll be the spark that they
0: need. Hey, Maybe and if I eat will. crow, good on me. But yeah, I just do not see that this team like LeBron's getting older. You know, all everyone, all, every one of these superstars are getting older. All right. So the question I do want to ask you is, what seeing what's going on in the in the NBA trademark and the free agency and 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 especially the picks the amount of picks what the hell is Brooklyn gonna get well that's the thing like I I guess they're gonna
1: get seven firsts if Rudy Gobert uh, like what can you trade even more what's the maximum amount of draft picks you are allowed to trade they will get that plus
0: assets you know Yep. exactly it's it's absolutely insane like what the NBA is right now but uh love the free market it it makes offseason fun Oh, a thousand percent. Speaking of a fun off season, we got a fun off season to come
1: in the National Hockey League, Boris. First of all, though, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, hoisting the mug. That was uh, always nice to see. They deserved it. They were the best team all year, I think, at least on paper, if not like Florida Panthers won the President's Trophy. But the Avalanche were the best team all year. They deserved it. So. Lots of changes might be coming to Colorado, though. And it's gonna be a really fun offseason. Lots of uh, free agency, big names. So Darcy Camper, Colorado's goalie, and Nazem Kadri, one of the MVPs of the playoffs. They could both go. Uh, the Leafs goalie, Jack Campbell, St. Louis's backup, Ville Husso, who stole the job but lost it again in the playoffs. So that he's interesting. Marc Andre Fleury, also Hall of Fame goalie. He's on the market. Johnny Godreau from the Flames, probably the best forward. On the market, Philip Forsberg from uh, from Nashville. Also on the market, Claude Giroux on the market. Phil Kessel, your boy. Andre Palat, Stanley Cup champion. Evander Kane, who resuscitated his career in Edmonton. Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin from Pittsburgh. And Chicago wants to trade Alexander to who's a small little guy, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but an incredible goal scorer. So lots of movement to come in the NHL.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a crazy offseason. We were kind of uh, expecting this to happen, though. Like, we talked about this when we were starting to get whiff of some of the contracts ending, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a crazy offseason. Who do you think, off the top of your head, is going to make a splash in the offseason. Well, the Kings already
1: traded for Kevin Fiala, and they still have a lot of draft picks in the cupboard. It, I wouldn't shock me to see the Kings trade a couple of their draft picks, a couple of their prospects for Alex to break it, and the Kings go all in. The Kings maybe with with whatever because they already have two good goalies and Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. Quick's getting old. They have a good squad, young and old players. Kopitar's near in the end. They have Philip Dano. This is like the time I think the Kings are going to go all in, and I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see on the draft, which we'll cover next week because that's Thursday and Friday of this week, I believe, the NHL draft. I, I, I think they'll trade for DeBrinket at the draft. That's my guess right now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think you're right about that. I, I've seen that like scenario come up, pop up quite a bit recently, and I, it's for sure something that I can see happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Montreal, I think they're still going to pick Shane Wright. There's been talk that Juraj Sliflosky, or sorry, I mispronounced his name, but he, the sick uh, Slovakian player, he might go number one, but I do think that's just smoke and mirrors. As Cody Rhodes' old theme song used to say, Boris, I think ultimately Montreal will take Shane Wright and maybe he's the number two center for ten years instead of the number one center. But they already have Nick Suzuki, who should be a number
0: one. So hey, we're fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any other Canadian teams making a big splash, either direction? Well,
1: so the Flames might lose out on Godro, and that would that would hurt because the Flames had a great season. If they can keep Johnny Godro, there's no reason to think Calgary won't be top of the West again. If they lose Johnny Godro. Flames are in trouble. Flames are in deep trouble. Uh, the Leafs might lose their goalie, which would hurt. They're going to need to pull something out of their hat there. The Oilers, I'm thinking, are going to get Ville Husso from St. Louis. That's my guess. But uh, yeah, I, I think we it's worth keeping an eye, keeping an eye on the Flames there. Johnny Goodrow, he's their best player. He could just
0: walk for nothing. That would be devastating to Calgary. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's yeah, they need to resign him ASAP. Uh, so hopefully they can get that done because Calgary is a team. Uh, Calgary a team, a Canadian team that I don't hate. No, absolutely not. I
1: think Calgary is damn fine. Man, watch out for this. Brian Burke, former Calgary Flame GM. If Pittsburgh loses Latang and loses Malkin, frees up all that money, Johnny Gaudreau might go to Pittsburgh. To play with
0: Sidney Crosby, could you imagine? I, I can see that. I can one hundred percent see that, dude. Yeah. Especially that right that now that exciting. Crosby is kind of, you know, he, he it's it's he's he's nearing the end, right? Absolutely, absolutely, man. Thirty-five this
1: summer, I know because I am thirty five this summer. Yep, man. Everyone crazy. has that one athlete. And I think we said this before, but everyone has that one athlete who's like just a little bit older than them and it eats them up inside their entire life. A good chunk Sydney of wrestling.
0: wrestlers for me. A good yeah, chunk right. of wrestlers. Ciampa, just like Moxley, etc. Ex- Roman yeah. Reigns. <laughs> yes yeah it's it's sydney crosby
1: for me just to say like a month
0: younger than i am but you know what you and i my friend we are peak male performance not those (laughs) athletes
1: you might not like it but this is what the peak male performance looks like
0: exactly all right anything else or is it time to move into the sports entertainment side of the show Yeah, I think that
1: covers it for sports chat. Hope we did a good job and we'll cover uh, more. Hopefully a Kevin Durant
0: trade and an NHL draft next week. Yep. What we should actually do in a couple weeks is the MLB midpoint check-in because every team got through their midpoint this past weekend. Uh, So we should do a midpoint check-in, kind of see where things are at, see which teams are flopping, which teams are in dire need for a, all the pitchers, a.k.a. the Jays, um, and we'll uh-huh. kind of get through that uh, and kind of see what's going on in the MLB.
1: Nice. I've been meaning to have my buddy Adam Gourlay on to talk some baseball, so maybe we can get him on. Uh, that'd be dope. Or I also my friend Pat Sully, who's going to come on to talk some TNA a little later. He's a big
0: baseball head. we got some baseball fans here on the bench at BAM. Speaking of TNA, let us move on to wrestling, because last Friday on July 1st, Canada Day, Impact Wrestling had a Impact Plus special against all odds. Dude, two weeks after Slammiversary, quick turnaround. I was thinking, what the it's an Impact Plus special. Meh. I covered it for Slam Wrestling. You can find my report at slamwrestling.net. And honestly, nice. dude, this show was good.
1: Banger, eh? That's two pay-per-views in a
0: row for TNA that have been pretty good. That at
1: least two, like three, four, five.
0: Yeah, it's been a few. It's been a few. I'm going to run down the card real fast, kind of talk about the stories coming in, coming out, and wrap things up that way. All right, so the night started off with the Bullet Club, Chris Bay and Ace Austin versus the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Dude, Motor City Machine nice. Guns still got it.
1: Nice. Yeah. And that's funny because one thing I did see from the show is a tag team, I'm sure we'll talk about a little earlier uh, later, that may not still got it as much. So it's nice to see that the Motor City Machine Guns still, in fact, do have it in the ring.
0: Oh, yeah, they still got it. This is a fantastic match. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns ends up, end up winning, uh, much to the chagrin of the Bullet Club. All right. So then we get Chelsea Green and Diana Perrazzo versus Mickey James and Mia Yim. This match was pretty fun, I gotta say. Um, I'm 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 sensing a Mickey James heel turn. I don't know why, but I'm really sensing a Mickey James heel turn soon.
1: It kind of seemed like she like softly turned heel in the Queen of the Mountain match. She got like involved way too much yeah. for a fiery white meat baby face, right? It was a little selfish.
0: Yep, exactly. All right, so Perrazzo sends Yim to the outside. Mickey uh dove over Green but and super kicked her, but Green and Perrazzo connect with the Spine Buster Backstepper double team for the win. So Chelsea Green, Deanna Prazo pinned Mickey James. I can see this week on Impact, Mickey James blaming Mia Yim for the loss, and that's how we're gonna get the the mega powers erupting nice yeah i can see it like where your head's out there buddy it's gonna happen match of the night x division championship match okay before i tell you what's going on in this match dude the x division is back and then some
1: yeah man speedball mike bailey he's one of the best in the world trey miguel awesome ace austin awesome even steve macklin has been doing good work
0: they have some good names in that division right now yeah they really do so this match was a match of the night, and it was your champion, Mike Speedball Bailey versus Trey Miguel. Amazing. The lost MSK man. Yep, yep. And by, well, you know what? Yeah, I guess he's the most successful in the grand scheme of stuff. At this
1: moment, you'd have to say, although I still think Wesley has the highest ceiling in terms of pure talent and in terms of where he's at. But right now, Trey Miguel's in the
0: lead yep and this match was very 50 50 it was so good tons of back and forth diving meteors indian death locks you had it all all the kicks all the you know just just the strong style you had uh, the little karate kid doing little karate kid stuff you had trey miguel kind of you know bringing it to uh to bailey uh but at the end of the match we saw miguel hit a flying meteora for a two count but M- uh, and then he sweeps Bailey off the middle turnbuckle but Bailey was able to connect with the Flamingo driver for the win and the retention of his X Division championship
1: Nice, nice. I'll definitely check that one out. Sounds like it might be list-worthy, Boris. Yes,
0: 100%. All right, after this, we saw Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary, your knockout champions, versus Tenille Dashwood and Giselle Shaw with Madison Rain. This match was all right. Um, Nothing really of note here. Uh, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary end up winning. After the match, Madison Rain got involved. All the heels are doing their attacks. As they're leaving the ring... Uh, Misha Slamovich comes out Hands a signed picture To Tennille Dashwood And that's essentially a sign saying that she's next Nice, I like it Misha Slamovich needs a little more uh, Play on impact Well that's what we've been saying, right? Like you can only do Future superstar versus uh, Jobber match for so long like Especially in this day and age Absolutely, it's good. It works. Like got Rye back over, but at the same time, like yeah, it has a shelf life. It does. It does, not that, that—that's kind of like my, yeah, I guess fear, for lack of a better term, um, where my curiosity is with Hook, seeing how yeah. they use him.
1: That's a great call. That's a great call,
0: man. If I was booking, I would try to turn team Taz
1: babyface because they already love hook they already love Ricky Starks and Hobbs turn team Taz babyface and have them maybe feud with the Jericho crew and have Taz mix it up with Jericho with or it would, well Taz mix it up with Jericho but have hook mix it up with Jericho Sammy Guevara and
0: crew anyway I think Guevara and hook would be a great match yeah
1: absolutely kind of two sides of the same coin in a way
0: in a way yeah all right honor no more Versus America's Most Wanted and the Good Brothers. Woof. This match. Oof. Woof.
1: Oof. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so I saw some clips of uh, uh, the wildcat Chris Harris, the wildcat Braden no Walker. No <laughs> he ain't no more. He ain't no wildcat no more. Yeah, no, he is, he is the old cat just sitting there in a ball on the couch just meowing angrily. He is uh, he is past his prime, but it was, it was nice to see him get, hopefully, what is uh, one last final run here, one last final appearance.
0: Yeah, and even the Good Brothers, man, Luke Gallows is just, I don't know whether he's injured, beat up, old, out of it. I don't know what's going on, but it, he just doesn't look as sharp as he typically does in the ring. Shite. <laughs> Maybe that. <laughs> I know you don't like him too much to begin with.
1: <laughs> Not, yeah. yeah, never been a huge Doc Gallows man.
0: Yeah, this match was meh at best. Uh, America's Most Wanted and the Good Brothers end up winning. All right, we got a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match between Sammy Callahan and Moose with your special guest uh, commentator, Quote the Raven, Nevermore. yeah. So tell me about this, because I heard
1: Raven was, I heard one person say he was hilarious and another say he was extremely annoying and they hated him. So how'd you feel about Raven here?
0: He was both. He was both extremely hilarious and absolutely annoying and kind of <laughs> tried to overshadow the match and put himself over. Ah, kind of sounds like classic Raven. It kind of sounds like
1: everything we've known and uh, come to ex- expect. If you've ever heard a Raven shoot interview or anything other than his character, kind of sounds like what you'd expect.
0: Yeah, exactly Alright, so this match had broken glass This match had Lego This match had a bunch of stuff This match had staplers You got uh, Callahan uh, getting a stapler to the head You get Moose getting stapled His ball stapled As, you know, t- to your typical Sammy Callahan match I want to see him fight in a regular match one day That would be nice um, But, uh, yeah, yeah Moose ends up winning And uh, gets the win back so this feud must, must continue maybe there one maybe we can get the rubber match in uh god knows what yeah Jesus <laughs> did a ma- match what was wh- you already did, the did the a monster's match? ball you did yeah. a funhouse or whatever you want to call this match yeah uh, so what's
1: left so, elevation x that's what it was that weird scaffold match uh yeah I think that's what it was or maybe you can, you can do you can do the ultimate X between moose and Sammy Callahan. <laughs> Oh, God.
0: I don't know. poor Callahan. All right. The Knockouts Championship match of Jordan Grace versus Tasha Steele. Uh, this match was pretty good. <coughs> Simple, but pretty good uh savannah evans obviously tries to get herself in the match one too many times jordan grace knocks her out uh ends up hitting a grace driver for the win very good match very fun i can see this uh feud continuing uh but uh yeah this is pretty good pretty good showing for jordan grace excellent showing for tasha Steeles. Nice, nice. Good to hear that because I feel
1: like I. Uh, this is something we've said often on the podcast. Tasha Steele's kind of got jobbed out in her title
0: reign. Yeah. All right, and this is kind of where it's weird. Okay, so you had Savannah Evans kind of really getting herself involved in the match, and this theme continued with the main event, and the main event was Josh Alexander versus Joe Doring with Cody Diener on his at his corner. Now, after seeing Savannah Evans constantly getting involved we saw the exact same thing with Cody Deaner, and that to me was like just really weird booking I understand you want to have your women's the knockouts championship and your heavyweight championship as to close the show but having essentially the same basic idea of the match Being the same was odd for me, and that took me out of the main event just a bit, not to take away anything out of Josh Alexander and Joe Doran going at it, but the booking was just weird for me. No,
1: that makes a lot of sense, man. That sounds just on paper. I hadn't seen it, but it sounds very, you know, obviously it would.
0: sounds very dumb. And what I love though, like the commentators really putting over the fact that Joe Doring was a all Japan champ, that he's tough as nails, and that's basically what we got. Joe Doring was out there to kick Josh Alexander's ass. He's punch he throws him to the corner. He's punching him, all the punches, all the form. Alexander times a perfect duck from an elbow. He hits a C4 spike on Doring for the win. So your winner and still champion, Josh Alexander. Matt, that was your show. Overall, I would give this show four Shark Boys out of five. Nice. That's a solid show. Nice. Absolutely. Yep. So that is where we are with Impact Wrestling. Next week, we'll chat a little bit more about uh, their weekly TV and uh, see kind of what's going on as we lead into Bound for Glory in October. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bound for
1: Glory in October, right? Yeah, I guess that's
0: we're getting there, man. It's almost TNA WrestleMania season. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, man. So we are gonna move on. So we have two shows to throw ratings on. Matt, I'm gonna let you take the floor for these because you are our ratings man. Uh, so have fun. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, buddy. I'll uh, I'll do play by play here. Just quick, we're not gonna go like beat by beat reviews of the match. We're basically just gonna tell you the who won in the and uh, the rating essentially. But we will start with. AEW versus New Japan Forbidden Door that was June 26th 2022 so 13 matches on this show an incredible show uh too long too much good wrestling too much of a good thing which is a good problem to have but it is AEW's problem uh but an incredible show. Seven out of these 13 matches made our year end list that we just did. The top 122 of 2022 available uh, wherever you get your podcasts for us. All right. So, anyway, let's start with the pre show. Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi faced the factory. Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. This was the worst match on the show. About a, about an average wrestling match, I would say. Two and a half doors out of five. 50% Mendoza line kind of match.
0: All right, so remember last summer or fall in the G1 when we were praising Yoshihashi and saying, he yeah. like, something happened, something clicked, and he's so good? Well, whatever clicked is gone.
1: <laughs> what happens in Japan stays in Japan, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but he's, I don't know, he just has not been good. I have not really enjoyed what he's been doing. Even these Road Two shows that they've been running in Japan, to just—he he, just—he's just, no bueno. No bueno.
1: Yeah, uh, QT tried a space flying tiger drop. It did not go well. It was probably the worst one I'd ever seen. I don't know, but uh, good attempt, I guess. You gotta respect the try for QT. But anyway, mm-hmm. I was a very much a pre show match. Uh, Next up, we had Lance Archer versus Nick Camarado. I like this. This was a hard-hitting, mean-guy match. Lance Archer wins in six minutes and eight seconds. Uh, Let's go three doors out of five for this one, Boris. 60% uh, Jim Morrison percentage.
0: This match easily could have ended before it even got started with Lance Archer doing uh, uh, cannonball into the ring and almost breaking his neck.
1: That was hilarious. He tries to dive roll into the ring and like a head plants immediately as the match begins. But still, I thought it was pretty good overall. Yep. Uh, ne- next, the best thing on the pre-show for sure. Uh, Suzuki Goon, El Desperado and Kanemaru versus Swerve in Our Glory of Swerve, Strickland and Keith Lee. Very solid match here. I like Swerve in Our Glory. I'm worried they're going to break up soon. WWE style.
0: Yeah, it seems very rushed too, right?
1: Yeah, it does, man. I guess it's the first time, really, if they do immediately break up, AEW's ever done this story. But because it happens so often in WWE, it just feels like a trope. I I don't think it's something they should do.
0: Here's the Um, thing, and and, and I'm not trying to take a dig. I am just saying that, you know, we're going to start seeing some tropes happen in AEW, and I hope that they can avoid them as much as humanly possible. But I think, you know, I think we're going to start seeing some of these tropes happen.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I hope they can avoid them too. I hope they can avoid them in this case specifically because I like these guys a lot. I like their chemistry. I think they have uh, legs as a tag team. So I still think Lee Moriarty
0: our... should join them and they should be a trios.
1: I, I like it, man. They could stat, stand to add a couple more people for sure. Swerve yeah. our go- glory win, 12 minutes and eight seconds. Three and a half doors out of five for that one. Excellent. Uh, hey. Next up, the final match of the pre show was the Gun Club and Max Caster versus Alex Coughlin, the DKC, Kevin Knight, and Yuya Uemura. Good match for what it was. Like, I, you, you could say average to above average. I think the whole uh, kit and caboodle, the whole presentation with Max Caster, especially, I like his raps at the start. We'll give it uh, three doors out of five for this one. The Gun Club win five minutes and 35 seconds.
0: Yeah. And I like the fact that, you know, you had uh The ass boys getting run out of the match, uh, but you still had your your veteran in the in the match, right? And it kind of served the f- story that happened in Dynamite, where Billy Gunn ultimately chooses, you know, his his new kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was I thought that was pretty clever. I actually didn't connect those dots until you brought it up. So thank you very much. That's a good call and made Max caster look good.
0: So that's what I'm here for, buddy. All right, let's move Thanks. on to the main oh. show.
1: Yes, so we started off with a bang. One of the best matches on the show. The trios match. The winners got the advantage for blood and guts. So it was Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta versus Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara. I love this match. I thought it was excellent. We went four and a quarter doors for this one. 85% it is an A in Canada. In Ontario, anyway.
0: I know that there are some people who disagree with this point of view, and they don't like this person. But every time I see Eddie Kingston, now I get so angry at Tony Khan for not having the balls to put him in a, in the main event uh, <laughs> against Tana. Show
1: he should have. Been, he should be the inter-moral champion right now, and he should be facing Punk, and that would be such an awesome story. the The first feud that they had, that promo that Eddie Kingston cut, it was like the, it was like Cactus Jack style. It was like Kane Dewey when he was talking about the, uh, the being the Razor or the Snail.
0: Yeah, I had a dream. It, you know what? It reminded me more and was of stale. it yeah, reminds me more of, of of yeah, ECW McFoley. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Cactus Jack Kane, Dewey era Mick Foley. That's yeah. what it was, man. It was so incredible. And you have that to play off of. He could have been the, the interim champ and they could have still thrown him in his face. You still can't win the big one. Eddie, you're only the interim champ. Exactly. You'll always have the asterisk. It would have been so perfect. But hey, nope, yes. they, they had to do Tanahashi because he fucked him out of that match. For two straight years.
0: Yeah. Now, here's... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so New Japan of, of, of Tony Khan there. But anyways, I think that at the end of the day, we'll see where they go with everything. But it just sucks because I feel like Eddie Kingston has so much to give. Uh, Absolutely. You know, man. you can get so many great storylines. He's so great at creating storylines out of literally gestures and looks and couple words, couple promos. And yeah. Anyways. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. They, uh, one thing, the AW
1: is great. It produces great wrestling, but they're bad at striking when the iron's hot and they've completely cooled off the MJF thing. They've completely shut down that storyline. That just is bad. Now they're, they're running the risk of losing it with Eddie Kingston Arguably, they missed the boat on Orange Cassidy, although they're heating him back up. One team they're not missing the boat on is FTR. They're actually striking while the iron is hot with FTR, as we see in the three-way tag team match. Ring of Honor tag team titles versus IWGP tag team titles. So it was FTR versus the United Empire versus Rapunky Vice. Winners take all. FTR took all. I thought
0: this match was also great. Four doors out of five for this one. A minus 80%. What I really enjoyed about this match is the fact that a lot of people overlooked Rapunki Vice, but during the match itself, there were many times where it's like you were led to believe, hey, maybe they can actually take this because they both, like Rapunki Vice, have connections to ROH and New Japan. Absolutely. And it was kind of interesting. Like they
1: were the team that had neither title. So it could have been an interesting story that they left with both. Although I do think at the end of the day, it was pretty obvious that FTR were going to yeah, win. But I agree was. with your point for sure. For sure. It was,
0: it was 100% obvious. But it just goes to the point that we always make when we're talking about wrestling. And that sometimes, even when you know you're like 99% sure on what the outcome is going to be, if they can make you doubt yourself as the match is happening, that's a good match. Absolutely right, man. Absolutely right. And here's a match where it kind of happened as
1: well. Uh, four-way match, all the Atlantic title, Clark Connors versus Malachi Black versus Miro versus Pack. Another great match, another four doors, another a and I'd say. And Clark Connors for a second looked like he was going to win this friggin' title.
0: Yeah, he did. He really did. MVP of the match for me.
1: Yeah, big time. I would agree with that. So, yeah, that was match seven. Good, good match. Pack wins the title there. And I like what they're doing with this All Atlantic title. He's already got some matches overseas booked. He's already got some indie matches booked where he's going to defend this title, Pack is. So I kind of like it being the, the all-indies title.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling this is what it was going to be, which is good at the end of the day as long as they are safe. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, they go to reputable,
1: good indies. Uh, yeah. This match, this next match, was also on our list, although it was right near the top. Trios match: Dudes with Attitudes versus the Bullet Club. Another great match. Another A minus, I would say. Four doors out of five. They made Sting look like a zillion dollars in this match. Yep, exactly. Absolutely great, great stuff. Match number nine, slightly disappointing, but still overall a good wrestling match. Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa. I think uh, Thunder Rosa's title reign has been the worst AEW title reign to date of anyone in any division.
0: I know we've talked about this a lot on Bam, and every time it just comes up, it hurts me so much just because what are they doing? It's like, how can you... like? screw it up like this like i don't know how else to put it i don't know how to be nice about it it's just like she
1: always has the worst and least important match on the pay-per-view so you're doing a bad job to uh, uh on this one in my opinion but this match was okay it was just on this show it was unfortunately the worst thing on the main card still above average we're gonna go three doors out of five for that one
0: yeah and i maintain something is up with tony something is up with tony storm uh, yeah,
1: you, it might be, might be. Um, Match number 10, a lot of people's match of the night. I do think it was my match of the night, although it was close between match 10 and 11. This was the IWGP United States title, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. Great match. The final appearance of the Pixies, where is my mind song for Orange Cassidy. Uh, we're going to go four and a quarter doors for this one. Solid a 85 percent not quite a classic but better than just great it was something special you know what i mean but i, yep. I wouldn't call it an all-time classic but i would call it something truly special it was an excellent wrestling match
0: i'm not going to tell my grandkids about it i'll tell you that much
1: exactly right but it, I, you loved it in the moment yeah so exactly great. So that's four and a quarter, in our opinion, my opinion here. Another four and a quarter star, four and a quarter door match, Claudio Castagnoli versus Zack Sabre Jr. This match was great. I could I could understand an argument that this was
0: your match of the night, if you want to say that. Yo, for sure, for sure, 100%. Uh, I'm still tossing which one is my match of the night, whether it's this one or the Orange Cassidy yeah. uh, Osprey match. Still not sure. I, th- I would give it to this one. Just because I like, I just, I'm just i just a more fan of what this match style was. I, I I can get behind that.
1: I think off the top of my head, I had Zack Sabre Jr., Claudio Castagnoli, the 49th best match of the year. And uh, I think I had Orange and Will Ospreay like 37, 36-ish IRC. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so this match, this is a match that kind of fell apart a little bit due to Adam Cole's concussion, but it was still good for what it was, the IWGP World Heavyweight Title four-way match, Adam Cole versus Champion Switchblade, Knife Pervert, Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, versus Adam Page, the Hangman. So I did think this was a good match, very good wrestling match, but uh, it didn't quite hit that great level. Perhaps you could blame that on Adam Cole's concussion.
0: Or you can just blame on the fact that it was a four-way for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship.
1: Absolutely. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So, yeah, I would say it was a B, not an A, but still very good. So we're going to go three and a half doors out of five, 70% for that one. That Sounds brings good. us to our main event. Thank you. Thank you very much. Brings us to our main event, big homie. Interim AEW men's world title, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus John Moxley. I thought actually this was one of the first times that I can remember Tanahashi looked a little old. He looked a little slow. They do a good job in New Japan of, and I'm only watching the absolute biggest matches too. But Watch the they do a good job of. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should. They do a good job with Tanahashi of kind of protecting him for lack of a better word, but he looked a little slower here still. It was a great match. I just wish we could have seen it 2013 Tanahashi versus 2022 John Moxley, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but, but you know, it, it was still a good Such match. Such Tanahashi. Yeah. Tanahashi
0: is still a great. He still can't hang. You know, he's 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 not embarrassing himself.
1: Oh, absolutely not! And he's got—he's like Ricky Steamboat, man. Ricky Steamboat showed up when he was like what 56, 58, Had that match with Chris Jericho. Looked better than ninety percent of the WWE. Hiroshi Tanahashi—he'll be able to go until he's fifty. It's just—he's no longer in his prime. It's just a fact.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he,
1: his him out of his prime is still like amazing. But you should have seen this guy in, in twenty twelve to twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, right? Uh, if if you if you have the opportunity to watch a classic New Japan matches, oh man. We, can, we should we should do like the top ton of hashy uh, matches oh at God. some point.
1: Absolutely. That that would be a fun one to do. Maybe we should. Yeah, that, that's a gimmick. Maybe even for YouTube, we'll talk about it. But yeah, great match. All the same, four doors out of five for this one. And uh, they go off the air brawling to set up the real main event of the week, Blood and Guts, which was, in my opinion, better than anything on this excellent show.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. Now that I completely watched both shows, Rampage and Dynamite, on TV, I can tell you, man, watching it live an experience so cool. Having said that, these matches, and I'm talking about blood and/or guts, and the Royal Rampage, 100% made for TV.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. They were uh, better matches live, better I'm consumed.
0: Sure via the television set as opposed to watching them live, but being there, being with the crowd, yelling with the crowd, being part of that community, witnessing this in front of your eyes, seeing people being thrown off a freaking cage and and everything that happened, right? Like it's an experience within itself.
1: I couldn't imagine, man. I definitely would love to see one one day. That's really, really dope. And it's actually, it's funny. I've been thinking about it. Like you said, it was such a good point. That bump that Sammy Guevara took, that might have been the safest thing I've seen him do in a big match all year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny?
1: Because That's I watched...
0: I uh, Over the weekend, I watched uh, the Sammy Guevara-Scorpio-Sky ladder match. Dude, those guys, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how anyone would agree to that match on paper yeah. saying yeah go out and do that match
1: that phoenix 630 sent on that he almost uh, sammy almost killed himself on so hard to catch from scorpio like i don't know what they expected to happen there like that's just insane
0: yeah exactly but you know credit to where credit is these guys are amazing and uh, yeah just watching one like i said it, hell of a hell of a match all right so let us move on
1: Quickly, let's do Money in the Bank. Not nearly as good a show. One great match, I thought. One great moment, I also thought. A digestible, watchable show. But uh, nothing nothing like last year's Money in the Bank, which I thought was
0: excellent. It was an average show, right? Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't excellent. It wasn't too, you know how lately we've been saying how WWE does a great job at their premium live events. They've always been good. They've always been fun. This one was probably the worst of the year, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't a debacle like some people want you to believe. Uh, No. Yeah. It was
1: not a debacle by any stretch. I thought it was better than your average RAW. You know what I mean. But it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't that great. It was it was solid. But I can see I can see the argument that it was the worst one of the year so far. Uh, so let's start with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Tough match to rate here. Alexa Bliss versus Asuka versus Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Shotzi. Shotzi had a rough go. God bless her. We talked about it when she was in NXT. She is the most reckless, abandoned, throw caution to the wind wrestler in WWE HGFC, by a you see
0: What she did to Alexa Bliss. Yeah, well, did you see what she almost did to herself a couple well, times? There's some you know bad what? ones. The fact that she does it to herself also, I you know, it's just like tranquila, right? But it's 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 the fact that sometimes she takes others out with her, especially people who have concussion issues, like an Alexa Bliss.
1: Yeah, man, that's yeah, scary, not what you want to see. So I don't know. Her performance, notwithstanding, I thought this was a pretty good match. They did work really hard. The crowd was into it. I thought the right person won. Uh, one thing that's funny is something that I always say, like you could tell by the entrance how fired up someone is sometimes or or certain reactions in the entrance. You can tell who's going to win. Liv Morgan came out crying for this match she was yeah. already crying pretty yeah. clear that she was winning this briefcase yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. it's really funny Had i watched that live i would have been like well we, we know who's winning this one but so I, I thought that was funny but yeah so tough match to rate i would say uh i i would say a good match that you kind of have to knock uh something off of just because a lot of it was not just sloppy in the ring but sloppy production wise too like they missed some things they i don't know I don't know about this one. So, yeah, we're going to put it right on the Mendoza line. Maybe it should even be worse. But we're going to go two and a half uh, rungs out of five for this one.
0: Yeah, I, get, I can totally agree with that rating.
1: Uh, all right. Next up, we had two WWE Raw matches here on pay per view. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Theory, total Raw match. It was good, not great. Nothing wrong with it. Went a long time, told a decent story, and uh, the right guy won. Thankfully, Bobby Lashley is your new United States Champion. Went eleven oh five. Actually, felt a little longer than that, but yeah, total WWE Raw match in a good way. Three rungs out of five.
0: Yeah, and and you knew that they have plans for. They had or have plans depends what 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 way you want to look at it um for for theory just because the way that he presented himself the way that he got up from some of lashley's moves the way that he put up a good fight the way that he almost won the match right like you can tell that they wanted to keep theory super strong yeah, big time. And he did
1: look good in defeat. Absolutely. It's a really good call, buddy. It kind of telegraphed a little bit if you're paying attention to what would happen. In the next fucking segment, or not the next segment? Sorry, the main event again The next segment was another WWE Raw match here on pay per view. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Uh, copy and paste my review from the other one. This actually went seven minutes. This match Bianca wins clean. I I thought the the finish was really good, and I loved Corey Graves' performance. Corey Graves has had an awesome year. I don't get people who don't like Corey Graves. He's a good announcer, and he's gotten better since he's married Carmella, and he's working that into his deal. I like
0: what he Corey Graves announcing a Carmelo match is always hilarious I forget which match it was where Corey Graves and Pat McAfee were together holy shit those two together you can tell that they just loved working with each other
1: yeah that's uh, that's dope but we need to see more of it raw tag team titles Street Profits versus the Usos by far the match of the show great match if I if I were to throw this into my list right now it'd be like it'd be on the list maybe 75 to 100 ish like it was a really good match uh four rungs out of five for this one i just wonder where they go from here are the street profits gonna are they gonna break up like what well, happens now they
0: teased it right they made the huge tease at the start of the match
1: yes they did yes they did yeah, so obviously. it kind of seems like that's where we're going i feel bad for angelo
0: if it happens he's gonna quickly be the genetti yeah, of that they, they, i don't know man honestly I, I forget who I was I having this conversation with No, 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 I know But I love how we always have to have one Shawn Michaels and one Marty Jannetty yep. um, Which typically happens, right? It's, it's it's just natural for that to happen But I say over the past few months Angelo Dawkins has been, has been putting in the work And I think that oh. he, I think he kind of Obviously know what's going to happen But I feel like he's really trying to Get to a level before that happens
1: I think you might be right about that, man. Yeah, it was not a nuance to take on my part. It was just a silly little no, joke. No, 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 no. But uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but you. But thank you for thank you for pointing that out and standing up for this guy. You know what? I hope he does make it. I think he's very talented too. He's a good promo. I think he's a way better talker than Montez Ford. Although Montez has a has a great personality, I think all I, Angelo Ford or sorry Angelo Dawkins is a better talker. You know. Anyway, Here's neither here nor
0: there. What I would do, Angelo Dawkins, Trick Williams carmelo hayes
1: oh that's interesting he can join that group be some kind of muscle for them be that's like cool be, i could see it be
0: like the opposite new day or something i could see it i can see it
1: uh okay man here we go smackdown women's title another wwe raw smackdown match it was just like it felt like a tv match here on pay-per-view good but not great ronda rousey versus natalia uh a feud based on baby carriages and racks uh not the worst build i've seen in wwe
0: all things not the worst not the best
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and that describes that this match pretty well i'd say another three out of five good not great another c
0: another 60 percent. all right let's move on to the next segment
1: yeah, we saw a cash in Liv Morgan runs out, beats Ronda Rousey in 35 seconds and is your new SmackDown Women's Champion and apparently is going to SummerSlam to wrestle Ronda Rousey again, July 30th, just a few weeks from now.
0: Yep, that's the plan. So
1: you deserve a chance. A little aggressive, in my opinion, notwithstanding. But hey, the crowd likes her. Here's She's the a thing. Baby Liv Who am I to Since say the- she
0: doesn't deserve it? Since the beginning of the year, this is the thing. You don't watch weekly TV. She's I don't. like, You've watched her in some premium live events you've seen. But in the weekly TV, they've been like really building her up. You can tell that they had something for her. We don't know what. I, I'm, and I'll be honest. I'm shocked that she cashed in because it was the most non-face thing to do. But at the same time, even if you're a face, why wouldn't you cash in at that point? How do you feel about the quick cash-in? I think it's kind of lazy and
1: dumb that the women always have to quit yeah. cash in. They just they like that's obviously just like in a way sexist, in a way like just lazy. Uh, but I I think it was a good moment, and I I kind of think they they should use this as the impetus for on to turn heel at least for a month, at least work heel versus live
0: Morgan. You know. Yeah. Agreed. All right, man.
1: Yeah, so then we had the men's Money in the Bank ladder match: Drew McIntyre versus Mad Cat Moss versus Omos versus Riddle versus Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins versus Sheamus versus Theory. So this was a good match. Obviously, like some some incredible risk taking. Riddle hits a beautiful RKO off the ladder. Like there are some crazy, crazy spots, but just Omos slowed this thing down to a crawl anytime he was in it, and Theory coming in and winning it was just. A very disappointing end to a
0: mediocre to decent show, you know? Well, yeah. What I will give them credit for is anytime Omas did get involved, it was a seven-on-one or a six-on-one affair at that point, right? So I like the fact that they found ways to take him out to minimize his time in the match, so that's good. And the whole theory thing, like, I want to, I don't know. One day we're going to get into it, but... People love complaining that they don't create new stars, right? Yeah, it's fair. You get, you get I, something, and uh, yeah. then they still find ways to complain about it.
1: It's just, I, I think... um. It's it's a little bit beggars can't be choosers, but at the same time, I think it's fair to complain that this isn't the guy. This yeah. ain't it, chief. You know what I mean? Like, it's fair to be like, I don't think like of all the people, of all the talent you've had come and go, of all the guys you released, of the 90 people who are now in AEW, this is the one because he's jacked and he takes selfies. This is the one that Vince McMahon is just absolutely throbbingly erect for. <laughs> Sorry, that was I don't want to be homophobic here. That was I apologize for that joke. Anyway, it's just Vince McMahon just loves this fucking kid. It's obviously clear. It's just to me. It's just like I don't know why him. Why theory of all of all the people. But hey, uh, I guess you could have said why John Cena
0: just because he's jacked and it worked out pretty well for him. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. I always bring up the John Cena example just because you just never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Do I like how it all came down? No. Am I going to give it time? Hell yeah. All right. I don't like ending shows with WWE just because I always feel like it's, there's always some negativity around it. So I kind of want to <laughs> let's talk some pro wrestling gorilla because on July 3rd from the Globe yeah. Theater in Los Angeles, California, they had a 19 event. Now, yes, PWG 19, man. Yeah,
1: PWG is one of the it's, it's basically the grandfather of AEW, perhaps the, the cool uncle of AEW.
0: Yeah, the Boris of AEW. So, you know, the, let's go through the card. Just because some of the some of these matches looked so freaking cool. For example, it's like what I love about PWG is the combinations. Like it's people who you never think you wanted to see in a match. For example, Davey Richards versus Kevin Blackwood versus Jonah.
1: Amazing and yeah, Jonah. that's Kevin a,
0: Blackwood and Jonah. Yeah, wild triple threat match there. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Davey Richards ends up winning this one. This is a match that I would pay tons of money to watch live. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Buddy Matthews. Oh, on paper, that is tasty, tasty business. Yeah,
1: like you said, PWG has a great way of, of booking these things. And Speedball is a PWG legend at this point.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. All right, we had the Tag Team Championship. You had Black Throne, Brody King, and Malachi Black versus Aussie Open's Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis.
1: That's a tag team dream match right now. Aussie Open have been doing incredible work for the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, the House of Black PWG tag team champions, baby.
0: Yep. And then get this for the main event. It was your champion, Daniel Garcia versus Kanesuke Takashita. I
1: can't wait to see that match. I cannot wait. Now, we're still waiting to see the first show they did, which is BOLA, Battle of Los Angeles. That was way back in January. We're still waiting to see that. They've also done a, another show this year, and this is now the third show, the 19th anniversary, 19. But, uh, man, that uh, apparently, uh, I, I've heard nothing but good things about that main event. Apparently, it's one of the best PWG matches in years, and uh, Garcia and Takeshta brought it, so I can't wait to see that one.
0: Same Garcia and Takeshi. The holy crap and to think that this is a match that we can watch just you know on any dynamite, any rampage, any dark. Yeah. let's hope yeah let us
1: hope we could see it one of these days yeah man I'm sure Tony Khan's gonna book it soon but yeah I'm excited for PWG you know what PWG 20th anniversary coming up in 2003 maybe we'll talk a little more PWG man Uh, especially if they can get a streaming service going with AEW we'll, we'll almost have to start watching the shows like the old ones maybe we could do like 20th anniversary of PWG like we were doing with TNA maybe I'll make up a list of some kind
0: perhaps that could be cooking up who knows what I love about PWG, like, as much as I want to watch these shows right away, there's that whole like archaic, I feel like you have to be a tape collector to watch these shows. <laughs> yeah, it
1: makes it special in a way, but also it's annoying to have to wait six months for it. And I wish they would just make them accessible and stream these things because it's 2022. Exactly. The ha- yeah,
0: exactly. That's the having said that for point. All right. So that is it. That is wrapping up another episode of BAM where we chat some sports. We chat some entertainment. And then at the end, we put it all in a neat little package to chat some sports entertainment. Matt, it's been a crazy few weeks. Um, I know that the next few weeks, uh, we have tons to get through, including an ROH show, more impact, Uh, you know just just so much on the docket we have SummerSlam at the end of the month as well all the stuff yeah dog so yeah I think I might be uh, well I'm
1: going to be on tomorrow's NXT talk I might be out for the next one or two NXT talks after that but we do have a ring of honor after pod it's gonna be awesome i think i'm gonna be on the SummerSlam after party if you'll have me and bam will not be affected we will continue rocking bam every sunday to monday ish here for y'all thank you so much for listening hope you checked out the top 122 of 2022 hope you check out the tiktok page the people have spoken more buff bagwell boris they love buff he's the stuff and the chicks just can't get enough
0: He's Matt, I'm Boris, and just remember stay tranquilo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.